Awesome. So we're in the uh, chapter 13 of the book of Revelation, how, how I mentioned, and we've just been plugging away. I mean, man, we're more than halfway through the book of Revelation. And uh, when we first started, I, I, I never thought we were going to get this far, <laughs> to be honest. But, but it, we see the Lord just, just blessing our study, our study through it. And so where we're at right now in the book of Revelation, again, we're studying the, what, what, what we know as the seven-year tribulation period. And uh, we see that chapter 13 is actually a, con a continuation of John's vision that starts all the way in, uh, in chapter uh, 10, actually. And so it's, it's one continuous vision that, that John is receiving. And so we were, we're introduced to some of the, the key players of the tribulation period, which are Jesus, of course, and with, with Jesus also the, the, uh, the beast, the dragon, and the anti the, the, which is known as Antichrist. And the false prophet and so we see that as we've been going through chapter uh, 12 and now 13 we, we were given these these types of signs right and, and John says you know I saw like in chapter 12 he said I saw a, a sign you know and he says I saw a woman clothed and he goes on to give the description and now in chapter 13 he's gonna see another sign he's gonna see another type of and so we see that that in chapter 12 John saw a pregnant woman who gave birth to a, a male child and that pregnant woman represented the nation of Israel that gave birth to the Messiah and then he he said that he saw a fiery red dragon that was ready to devour the child as soon as it was born and, and, and description descriptive of, of Satan that was ready to devour the Messiah the Messiah ready to kill the Messiah Jesus as soon as he was born and then in chapters 13 we're gonna see uh, two different beasts uh, and we're going to see that one of the beasts, he rises up out of the sea. And the second beast rises up out of the earth. And so with that uh, little introduction, we'll go, go ahead and get into verse 1 of chapter 13. And it says, again, John speaking, he says, Then I stood on the sands of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And verse 2 says, And on his horns there were ten crowns, and on his heads a, a blasphemous name. Now, the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And so we'll stop right there. And, and so John starts off again this vision by, by describing, he says, I saw a beast coming up out of the, out of the sea. Now, the, the, that word beast right there could be also an you know, a, a animal or a creature. So it's not necessarily like a monster, like how we think of sometimes we think of beasts and you think of a, you know, some like a scary movie or something, you know, some kind of monster. And, and, and a lot of times actually when, when, when Satan is, is, is illustrated, uh, again, we see these, these illustrations of Satan, this huge red uh, creature, you know, with horns and, and a tail and kind of big and monstrous. And we see really that that's not what Satan is like at all. Uh, the, 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 old, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah actually tells us, speaking of Satan, he says, he says that, that when the multitudes see him, you know, they're, they're in the last days when, when everyone sees Satan, everyone's going to think, man, is this the guy who was causing all this trouble? This is the guy? This is Satan? This is the one who was behind all the destruction? Because he's nothing really, uh, uh, you know, to behold. He's not this, 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 this scary guy at all, right? He's kind of like, a, it reminds me of like the, the Wizard of Oz, the old movie, The Wizard of Oz. And you guys remember the, the Wizard? He was this big, scary voice, right? And then finally, when they get to the end, and they look, and it's a little guy in the, in the machine. And, and, and that's kind of what, what I think of when I, when I think of Satan, how the Bible describes him. That everyone's going to be like, man, this is the guy who was causing all this trouble, right? And so we see that, that, that as John is describing this, this beast, he, he uses the, these words. He says, he was like a leopard, and like the feet of the bear, and his mouth was like the mouth 
of a lion. And so important to, to, to notice that, that, that word right there, like, because he's, saying, he's not saying he was a leopard and a half bear and half lion. No, it says that he was like. And so, again, what we're looking at is, uh, is symbolism, right? Now, the beast that's described here must be looked at as a man. So when John says, I saw this beast coming up out of the sea, he's talking about a man. He's talking about a person. And, and, and this beast must not be looked at apart from his kingdom. And so John is describing the beast, a man, and the kingdom of the beast, right? And so it's a man and his kingdom, which we know is, is, is the Antichrist and the kingdom of, of the Antichrist. And so both are, are, are one. And so we see that, 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 that in this chapter, we're going to see a few, uh, a few symbolisms, and then we're given the description of them and what they describe. First of all, we're given this description of the beast, which is the Antichrist and his kingdom. And then we're given this description of, of the sea from where the beast comes out of. And, and the sea is descriptive of, of the human world that, that's ruled by Satan. So when John says, I saw the beast coming out of the sea, he's saying, I saw this man, the Antichrist, coming out from a multitude of people. So the sea is descriptive of, 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 of this world ruled by Satan. And then when, when we see the ten horns mentioned here, the ten horns are speaking about ten kingdoms from which the Antichrist is going to rule in the last days. And then he, where he mentions uh, the, ten, the crowns that are on the, ten, on the ten horns. And so these crowns are the individuals, those are their, their persons, who hold the power of those ten kingdoms of, this, of the last days. And then he mentions the heads, which are actually the, the historical world empires, world governing empires, and the final empire uh, of the Antichrist. And so with that, we get now into the, the description of the beast. John says, I saw the beast, and he was like a leopard, with feet like a bear, and with the mouth like a lion. Now, the, the, the lion actually was a, a, fitting, sim, a fitting symbol for, for, for the fierce, this consuming power of the Babylonian Empire. And so when, when John is saying that, that they, they, you know, he was like a leopard and like the, like the bear and like the, the lion, you know, he's actually describing uh, a, a previous world governing empires. The empire of, of Babylon, the empire of the Medo-Persians, and the empire of Greece and Rome. And then now the, 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 this revived Roman Empire. And so we see also that, that, that this strength and, and, the, and the stability of the Medo-Persian Empire you know, uh, is, is described as like, uh, like a bear. right? And then we see that, that this leopard, you know, the, he says that, that he was like a leopard. It's, it's talking about the, that, that Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great. You know, because Alexander the Great, when he came conquering, he conquered with, uh, with great speed. You know? And so the idea here is, again, that, this, that the Antichrist will combine the powers of the best of the world governing empires into his. Interesting that, that the prophet Daniel, if you were with us while we were, while we were studying the book of Daniel on Wednesday nights uh, a couple months ago, uh, Daniel actually received a vision. And I think it's just so crazy how Daniel... A couple thousand years before, you know, uh, was given this vision of, of what John is seeing now, there in the future, right? And so uh, Daniel was given this vision there in Daniel chapter 7, verse 3, and he says, And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. So John sees one beast with, with uh, parts of these four beasts that Daniel sees. So Daniel sees four beasts coming out of the sea, and, and, and John sees one beast coming out of the sea, but with four parts of what Daniel sees. Kind of, kind of. I don't want to want to get too 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 into it. But he says uh, the first beast was like a lion, and it had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings there thereof were plucked, 
and it was lifted up from the earth and made and made to stand up on the uh, on its feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it and behold another beast a second like a bear and it raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs in its mouth in between its teeth and they said to it, thus to it arise devour much flesh after this I beheld and lo another beast like a leopard which had upon the back of, uh, on its back four wings like, like, like that of a bird the beast had also four heads and dominion was given to it and after this I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast dreadful and terrible and strong and, and uh, exceedingly and it had great iron teeth it devoured and, and break in pieces and, and stamped the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns and I considered the horns and behold there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots and behold in the horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things and so without getting into too much detail uh, we see that, that that John again he describes this one beast having parts of, of the beast that, that Daniel saw and so we see that John actually lists the three animals uh, in reverse order from Daniel. Since, since uh, John was looking at it from backward in time, right? Uh, and, and Daniel's looking at it forward in time. And so the, the, we see that, 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 the, that, that he listed the animals and the kingdoms they, were, they represent in kind of like a chronological order. So just kind of, again, this, this, this accuracy of God, right? And, and, and within the Bible, more than 80% of the Bible is, is prophetic, meaning that it speaks of things to come, right? A lot of things were already fulfilled in the New Testament, but there are things that, that, are, that are still to, to happen uh, during the tribulation period and the future period. And, and, and God is, God is, you know, so sovereign. He's so great that, that uh, he spoke to us, he spoke to mankind. And he said, look, I'm the one true God. He says, and so that you know that I'm the one true God, I'm gonna tell you of things that are gonna happen before they happen so that when they happen, you can know that I'm the one true God. And really, this is what, what we're seeing right before us, right? Daniel described these, these empires. Uh, he hadn't seen them. He, he was living in the, in the Babylonian empire, empire. He got to see a little bit of the, of, the, of the Persian Empire. But yet, you know, him giving this vision of, of the next empires to come, which was the empire of, of the Grecians and then Rome, it's like, you know, he described them with accuracy, with this great accuracy. And, and it just amazes me, again, because it reminds me that God is in control, that He is sovereign. We live in moments of time. Flashes of time, right? Seconds, milliseconds. It's like we, we live in flashes of time, and we once once this minute passes by, we can't get that minute back, right? Time is one thing that that kind of that kind of puts us all at the same uh, level. Rich or poor, young or old, uh, no matter who you are in the world, there's one thing that 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 that, that brings us that we all have in common is that we're all given 24 hours in a day. Right? We're all given 60 minutes in an hour, and we're all given uh, 60 seconds in one minute. And, and we can't, it's not like I can roll over my time to tomorrow. I'm not gonna, I can't say, all right, well, I'm gonna save up my three hours and add them to tomorrow's day. And no, we're all given the same amount of time, and, and, and we can't go back and we can't go forward, right? And so it, it just amazes me that, that, that God is outside of time. You know, and, and He sees our life uh, not as flashes of time like we do, but as if it already happened. And, and so, and him giving this, this 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 prophecy about these about these nations again, it reminds us that God is just sovereign; that He's in, he's in control. And, and it's important to remember that because with so much craziness going on in the world, we may think, "Man, the world's out of control, right? My life is out of control. The situation's out of my control." And so, why, why not entrust our lives and this world and our families, our kids, with Him who has everything in control, God Almighty? 
And so it goes on to say there in verse, in verse 3 of chapter 13, it says, And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the, followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, who is able to make war with them? And verse 5 says, And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell, and those who dwell in heaven. And verse 7 says, And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Verse 8, And all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so we'll stop right there. And so as John has seen this vision of this beast, he says then that this beast that came up out of the sea, he says all of a sudden this beast was wounded. Now, we see that the Antichrist, you know, he is the ultimate counterfeiter. Satan is the ultimate counterfeiter. He can't create something out of nothing. He can't create, he can only copy, he can only duplicate, he can only counterfeit. Right, we, we, we're uh, talking about this as, as we're going through the book of Exodus on Wednesday nights. And we see how when, when God sent Moses to, to Pharaoh, he said, what are you telling me? Hey, throw your staff, it's going to turn to a snake. Do this, do that, you know, and, and this is going to happen. And what did Pharaoh do? He called his top magicians and these guys came in. They're like, oh, big deal, we could do that too. Boom. And they did it, right? They couldn't reverse it. They couldn't do something new, but they could only duplicate or counterfeit what Moses did or what God through Moses did. And, and we see that this is really a, a, a Satan's nature. It's just to counterfeit. And so we see that, that the Antichrist here, he's the ultimate counterfeiter. We saw that John, John saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, meaning wounded almost to death. And then his deadly wound was healed, right? And so some see it as, a, as, as the actual person, the Antichrist, was, was wounded. Uh, some see it as, as if uh, his empire or his power was, was wounded. Um, I think that that's a little bit of both. I think that, that, that when it says that, that, that the beast was wounded, I think that, that both the person, the, the Antichrist, and his power and his, his government is going to be wounded either politically, either uh, physically to the point where, you know, they're almost going to lose power. But then somehow, uh, you know, just through this crazy turn of events, they're going to come back in power, they're going to survive, and the whole world is going to marvel. And so, interesting that when it says that, uh, uh, that mortal wound, that word wound right there, in the Greek, it, it, it's uh, a plaguey which is translated plague. It's translated plague or, or this public calamity. And, and 10 times in the book of Revelation, you know, it's used implying this, this judgment and death. Meaning it could have been uh, that it, it could have received threat to, to its power, you know, almost to the, to the point where it was going to cease from being a, an empire or, or the Antichrist himself you know, could have almost died. We're not sure. But, but what, what we're sure of is that whatever that mortal wound was that the, that the beast received or that the Antichrist received, we see the effect that it had on, on the rest of the world. And that is, it tells us that, and all the world marveled and followed the beast and worshipped the beast. And so the, the beast is going gonna, is gonna to receive some kind of, you know, almost deadly wound and then come back to life. And I say that, you know, that, that Satan is the great counterfeiter because what did Jesus do, right? Uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, all right? And just right when the enemy thought that, right, that's it, man. Uh, I got the upper hand on God. Jesus resurrects from the dead. And, and, so, and so this Antichrist is going to come on the scene as a Messiah, 
right? All the world is going to despair. Keep in mind that at this point, the, anti the Antichrist is set up as his, uh, as his world-governing leader. Everyone's going to see him, look up to him as his savior, as his messiah, as, you know, the people's hope, the people's champion. All of a sudden, he's going to die. He's going to almost die and, 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 and almost, almost lose all his power. He comes back to life, you know, kind of like a resurrection, like a fake resurrection. And now everyone's going to worship him and marvel him and say, man, this guy's awesome. This guy's great, man. Who could, who could come up against this guy? Right, and so man, Satan just had that, that great counterfeiter, right, stealing what, 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 what God intended, right, and, and what God did. And so, when we see that again, whatever, whatever the wound was, it, it caused everyone to, to, to now, you know, fix their eyes on, on the Antichrist. And so we're told that, that everyone marveled, you know, at, at the Antichrist. And interesting that that word marvel in the Greek is that is that tumazo, which means like that they just esteem him in, in, in high, like in a high position. They admire him, meaning like they man, they exalt him as God, as God, really, right? And so we see that that, that John says that as a result, everyone is going to worship the dragon, meaning Satan, who gave authority to the beast, the Antichrist. Now, this is going to be just as full-on satanic worship, you know, headed by the Antichrist. And you may think, ah, that's crazy, you know, I can never see that happening. But really, I mean, when you start looking at, at, at the world around us, we see that, I mean, Satanism doesn't hide anymore, right? It's out in the open. I mean, you hear cases about, about a, 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 a satanic clubs at school now uh, suing the schools, suing the, the public school system because they don't let them have these uh, satanic clubs on, the, on campus. Right, it's like just like how there's Christian clubs, just like how there's college clubs, just like how there's uh, these other clubs at schools. Now you know uh, the, the satanic temples is, is is allowed to have a satanic club at the schools as well. We've seen how this whole stuff is going on with with, with, with the abortion right going up to the Supreme Court, and, and the the Church of Satan, the, the satanic temple has has argued and they and they they're saying that that uh, that if they take away abortion, that it's taking away their their right. To worship Satan because abortion is a way that they worship Satan, and so it's out in the open now. You know, you see it on TV. It's something normalized now, right? Where a few years ago, I mean, even when I was in high school or growing up as a kid, it was kind of like, oh, you see, kind of like the, you know, you, you'll see people with the six six kind of, you know, like pushing the demonic agenda, and it was kind of, you know, it wasn't very common. But now it's like, do you go to Target? You see Ouija boards at Target, right? You see uh, all this this darkness just out in the open. It's crazy. And so when the Antichrist comes on the scene, when he, when he almost dies, and then uh, people are going to recognize that it's, it's this satanic force behind it. It's not going to be hidden. It's going to be out in the open. People are going to recognize that it's a, it's a satanic force behind it, and they're going to worship it. And so we're told that, that, uh, that, 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 that the worship of the beast is going you know, to commence, and people are going to be saying, who is like the beast? You know, so we're going to see that, that they're going to worship him as God, you know, saying that he cannot be killed. You know, he's invincible. You know, he's, he's greater than God. He is God. And, I mean, really we see that this is kind of, uh, again, we believe that, that, the, that, the, that this, this empire, the Antichrist, is going to be this revived Roman Empire. And, and if you're familiar with, with, uh, with, with history, world history, uh, all the, the Roman emperor, emperors, when they came onto the scene as, as emperors, they kind of, they, they demanded, they made it a law that they be worshipped as God. Caesar Nero was one of the most famous uh, Roman emperors, and, and he, he made it a law that people would pay homage to him, that, he, that people would bow down, that they would worship him as God. And if they didn't, they'd be killed. We, there in the, in the first century, we have all this whole you know, massacre of Christians, and we're told that Caesar Nero would, would take Christians, he would uh, dip them in kerosene, and he would tie them up, and he would light up Rome with, 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 the, with the lives of Christians, with Christian bodies, because they refused to, to say that Caesar is Lord. 
right? And so we see that that, that what's going to happen in, in the future, right, with the with this empire, the Antichrist, it's kind of similar to again what we saw happening in the Roman Empire. So there's going to be uh, this revived Roman Empire, you know, <laughs> with the Antichrist taking the place of the new Caesar now. And so going on, we see then that that the Antichrist was given a mouth to speak blasphemous words against God. Interesting that this is just as Daniel prophesied. Again, a couple thousand years before Daniel, there in Daniel 7.25, he says, speaking about the Antichrist, he says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High. And he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and a time, and a dividing of the time, meaning three and a half years. But notice what it says there. It says that the Antichrist was given. It says that he was given a mouth to speak. And so the question comes up, well, who gave him that mouth? Who gave him the authority? Who gave him permission to speak blasphemous words against God? And God did. God did. And, 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 not, and not only that, but he, he gave him a certain amount of time, which he says right there in, in Revelation, it says 42 months, which is three and a half years. Again, we're talking about the second half of the seven-year tribulation period. Now, I think this is heavy. You know, this is heavy because we see that the Antichrist and Satan will be allowed to operate only within the time limit set for them by God. So it's like, in the midst of all this darkness, in the midst of all this chaos, and in the midst of all this, you know, just satanic activity, uh, people looking down and, and, and being here in the, in the midst of it all, they gets, they'll, they'll look at this and they'll say, man, Satan's in control. Satan's got it down. Satan's, you know, he's, he's ruler. He's, he, he's, he's, uh, he's powerful. He's, you know, he's ruling. He's got control of the whole world. But in reality, you know, he's, who's really in control here? God is. Why? Because God is the one who gave him the permission to, to speak blasphemous words against them. And God said, all right, I'm going to give you permission to do this, but only for 42 months, only for three and a half years. So really, who's in charge? You know, God is like, it's like God has, has, uh, has Satan on that leash. He's like, all right, man, go do your thing, go bark, but you can only go so far. Right? And so really, like, God is the one that's in control here. Not Satan, not the Antichrist, not the beast. And so, again, dur during the darkest times that the world has ever seen, here in the tribulation period, you know, in the midst of uh, just open satanic worship and, 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 and satanic government power, uh, again, it, it may seem like Satan is having the upper hand, but really God's in control. And, and really God is using Satan as an instrument for bringing judgment upon the world. And, and, and I say that because so too for us. I mean, man, we all go through stuff, right? And we go through dark times and, and we, got our, we all have our own battles, we all have our own struggles, we all have our own demons that we battle with, and we all have our own dark times that we go through. Sometimes it's dark seasons, sometimes it's dark days, sometimes just, you know, a little just moments of, of darkness that we kind of just battle with. And, and, and throughout, throughout our moments of darkness, you know, we may think, man, Satan's got the upper hand on me right now, right? The demonic forces are kind of just, they're, getting, they're having their way with me, they're just throwing me around like a rag doll. But, but in reality, God is the one who's in control. You know, so, so for, us, for us, you know, God uses all things to bring, to bring good in our lives. That's what the Bible says. That's what Paul said there in Romans 8.28. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. That thing we battle with, you know, that, 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 that thing that just, you know, that darkness that kind of just creeps up on us, you know, those seasons of, of dryness that we go through sometimes. It's like, man, God uses that. God uses that. Why? Because God allows it to, to come to our lives. And, and again, I, 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 I love thinking about, you know, our trials and, our, and our, the things that we go with, go through as, as again, as that coffee filter, right? 
whatever comes to our lives, whatever we receive, whatever we go through, if we're, if we're children of God, whatever happens in our lives first goes through the filter of God's love for us. Right, here's God, here's this filter of love and grace and mercy and long suffering and truth and justice and all these things. It's like God allows all these things to get to go through his filter before they come to us. And we think, all right, Lord, if you allow this, if I'm going through this, then that means that, that whatever I'm going through, it first went through the filter of your love for me. So I receive it, right? You must have a, a, a reason for allowing it. And then we see, uh, continuing on, we see now the ultimate persecution. You know, persecution like there's never been before in the world. We see that the beast made war with the saints here on earth, and it says that he overcame them. It says that he overcame them. But notice that it says that authority was granted him. You know, that authority was granted to the beast to make war with the saints. Again, who granted him the authority? God did. God did, right? He's not operating on his on his own on, on his own behalf. The anti the Antichrist, Satan, he's not operating on his own power, his own strength, his own instinct. I mean, God is granting him, you know, he's he's saying, All right, you can do this. Right? So he's not allowing him to do any more than what God says. So we see that the authority was granted him by God to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And we see that the saints that are referred to here. Uh, are, are what we call the tribulation saints, meaning they're, they're individuals who are going to be left behind when the rapture of the, of the church happens. They're going to be probably non-believers at the time. They're gonna, you know, the, the, God's going to come back. He's going to rapture his church. He's going to take away his church before the, the, the seven-year tribulation period here on earth. And then throughout those seven years, people are going to be left here on earth who didn't believe in God. But through those seven years, they're going to come to faith in Jesus because they're going to see the, 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 the mighty hand of God operating here on earth. They're going to see really, uh, you know, uh, uh, light from dark. They're going to see the reality. They're going to see that, that, that Satan, you know, is, is, is operating. But they're going to see that God is extending a hand of mercy still. And so uh, we're told that, that people are going to continue to get saved during this, this tribulation period. It's going to be hard because now it's like they're getting saved in a, in a world with, with, uh, with, where evil has no restraint. The church is taking up. And so Satan kind of just has, is, is running rampant. But people are still going to get saved. It's going to be a little harder and it's going to cost them their lives. But they're still going to get saved. And so we're told here that, that, that Satan made war against those saints who were here on earth, those tribulation saints. Now, the saints here, uh, again, is referring to those believers who, who, who came to faith in Jesus Christ during that tribulation period. It's not talking about the, the church as a whole, again, because the church is, is, is raptured already, right? Now, there's those who... Within the, the, the within you know the, the Christian faith, there's different there's different schools of thoughts when it comes to the rapture of the church. Some believe in a in a in a, in a post rapture, meaning that they believe that their church is going to get raptured after the tribulation period. Some believe in a mid trip rapture, meaning that they believe that the church is going to get raptured halfway through the tribulation period, three and a half years. And some believe, like us, you know, uh, according to scripture, that that the rapture of the church occurs before the tribulation period. Why? Because Paul said that that that, that God didn't create us for wrath. There's no way that God would save us, wash us up, clean us, give us the righteousness of Christ, and then allow us to suffer the same things that a Christ-rejecting world is going to suffer, right? And I'm reminded of the words of Jesus there in Matthew 16, 18, where he's talking to Peter, and he says, And I say also unto you, Peter, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And notice what Jesus says. He says, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Jesus, in talking to Peter, in the Greek, you know, he's using this kind of play on words, because uh, Peter's name in the Greek is is uh, is Petros, and and a, a great rock, like a huge boulder, like the Grand Canyon, is Petra. And so Jesus says, "Hey, Petros, uh, 
your Petros, but upon that statement, upon this Petra, I will build my church. But he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's heavy. Because if Jesus said that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his church, and we see all kinds of crazy stuff going on today, all kinds of darkness, all kinds of attacks against the church, but Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against my church. So that kind of gives me hope. You know, it, it gives me assurance. It gives me comfort that no matter what's coming up against the church today, hey, Jesus said the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. And because Jesus said that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his church, then we could confirm that, that, the, that the saints here, you know, they're, they're people who got left behind in the rapture, right? And so we see that the church, you know, the body of Christ will, will have been raptured, you know, while all this is happening. And notice how, notice it says, you know, that all who dwell on the earth will worship the beast. And so there are people who are going to be here on earth, apart from those believers, you know, that, that, that got left behind. There are going to be people who are just openly worshiping the beast. They know it's Satan. They know it's Satan's, uh, Satan's man. And they're going to be just openly worshiping the beast. We're given the, the identity of the worshipers here, you know, and we're told that it's those whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. You know, and so the Bible tells us that, that there is a book of life in heaven and that it has everyone's names written in it who are going to come to saving faith. And, and so God knows already who's going to come to faith. You know, he, knows, he knows everything. He knows everyone by name. And I think that's heavy because to think that God thought about you before the foundations of the world and before the foundations of the world, before he even created the earth, the heavens, the earth, anything, before he ever created a star in the heaven, before he ever created you know, a speck of dust of, 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 in the galaxies, he thought about you. And he wrote your name in the book of life. He said, all right, so-and-so is going to be here at church on this day. You know, they're going to come to faith this day in Jesus Christ. They're going to surrender their life to Jesus on this day, at that hour, at that moment, in this second. All right, and I think that's heavy. You know, there's this book of life written, written, written in heaven with every single one of our names in it. And so, going on on verse 9, it says, If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. And he who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience of the faith of the saints. And so John gives a, a, a warning to, to everyone else who, who's, who's reading the words. And he's pretty much he's saying, it's, it's just warning to everyone. right? And, and he's pretty much saying, hey man, if, if you're working for the beast, and if you lead others into captivity during this time, he's saying, you're, you're going to go into captivity yourself. <laughs> right? He says, he says, if you kill with the sword, you're going to be killed with the sword also. He says, uh, but, but the saints of God, he says, hey man, they must, they must keep going. They must, they must uh, be, be steadfast in the faith in, in God. You know, they got to just persevere, you know. And they're saying that he's saying God's going to reward their, per their persecutors with God's own persecution. You know? So God's not going to allow his, his, his people to, to be persecuted without any repercussions on the other people. All right, so here, here's the beast. He's overcoming God's people. You know, here's the Antichrist setting a full-on attack on God's people. But, but God's not going to let it uh, slide. You know, John is saying that he might, God's, God's going to persecute them now. You know, and, and so his, his, his encouragement to the, to the tribulation saints is, you know, hey, just depend on God's providence, you know, and, and don't take matters into your hands. Just trust in the Lord during those times. And so going on now, in verse 11, we're going to see that John sees a second beast, separate from the, from the first one that he saw. And so verse 11 says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he causes the earth and those who dwell in, the, in it to worship the first beast. Whose, dead, whose deadly wound was healed. And 
We're told in verse 13, he performs great signs so that he even makes the fire come down from heaven and on earth and in the sight of men. And so uh, we're told there, again now, of this second beast. And we're told that the second beast now comes up out of where? Out of the earth. Remember, the first one came up out of the sea. The second one comes up now out of the earth. So they're two separate uh, individuals. Now, this is going to be uh, the ultimate false prophet. You know, throughout, since, since Jesus Christ resurrected, there's been false prophets. Right? Uh, Jesus said, hey, many are going to come in my name, saying, Lord, Lord, you know, they, didn't we do this? We performed signs, we performed miracles, we you know, did stuff in your name. And Jesus is saying, hey, man, get away from me, I never knew you. Paul, later on, he would warn the church against these false prophets. He's going to say, hey, man, many are going to come in with their own ambitious desires, right? Desiring to, to build up their own name, their own reputation, leading people astray. And so we see that since, since Jesus has been cru uh, resurrected, crucified and resurrected, there's been false prophets. There's been false teachings. And nothing's changed. I mean, I think there's even more today. And in the last days, there's going to be even more. But there's going to come one false prophet to, to top them all. It's like the false prophets of all false prophets, you know. This is going to be Satan's false prophet. And this is this beast that, that, that John sees now coming up out of the sea. Notice what it says in verse 14 again. He says, And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he has granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And so we see that, that this beast, he comes up out of the land, you know, and so he's the false prophet. He is going to be this uh, religious leader in the last days. And, and, and with these three guys, we have kind of like this, uh, this, this unholy trinity, right? We have the holy trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But in the tribulation period, there's this false trinity going to arise, the, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Right? And, and, so, and so we see that, that this false prophet, he's going to be uh, promoting this one world religious system. And, 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 and in this one world religious system, they're going to have as their central focus point, the Antichrist, the beast, worshiping him as God. And so we're told that this false prophet, John describes him, and he says, he had two horns. Two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon, meaning like Satan. Meaning he came in sheep's clothing, but he was really a ravenous wolf. You know, he looked harmless, he looked gentle, he looked kind of, you know, he looked nice, but, but really, you know, he was a satanic, he was satanic in nature. And so, really, this religious leader is all about religious deception. You know, he's going to come in like a lamb, but he's going to speak and act as Satan would. But, and that's heavy because really that, that's descriptive of, of all false prophets. You know, that they come into you with this title, right? With this, you know, this name, like uh, as if they're, you know, uh, sent by God or something. But really they're promoting uh, their own agenda, uh, uh, a selfish agenda or this satanic agenda. And so this ultimate false prophet, that's what, he's no different. He's going to be promoting this satanic agenda, but he's going to come in, notice, like a lamb, right? Deceiving many. Paul warned us about this actually there in uh, 2 Corinthians. There in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, as he was writing to the church and he was kind of warning them against false prophets. He tells them, uh, he says, and, and no marvel. He says, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no big deal if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And so Paul the Apostle warned the church about this. He says, look, man, he says, Satan can come into you guys, you know, as an angel of light, right? Proclaiming to be some, some, uh, some, 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 someone sent by God and promoting, promoting good things. But yeah, really, you know, he, he, he's, he's satanic. 
He says, and his ministers, they're just like him. They come in dressed, you know, dressed all nice. They got, a, they got the whole lingo down. They have the words down. They probably even carry the biggest Bible. I don't know, right? But, but really in reality, that they have this, this, uh, this, this, this satanic agenda. And so we're told that, that this false prophet, he, that he deceives with his words, right? He's presenting himself as a lamb, but, you know, just gentle and lowly. Uh, uh, but, but really he speaks as a dragon, you know, bringing lies uh, uh, and, and blasphemies against God. And, and many are, many are going to follow him. Many are going to be uh, swayed, right? Now, interesting because a couple chapters back, uh, I think around chapter 12, uh, 12 or 13, around chapter 12, uh, we saw that, that, uh, that we, read, we read about two witnesses, about God sending two witnesses. I don't know if you guys remember, but God sent two witnesses to the earth to kind of preach the gospel and kind of one last thrust of right man God just extending mercy and God sends two witnesses to preach the gospel these guys end up getting uh, uh, stoned to death but then God resurrects them and now we see that that, that just as as God sent those two witnesses now Satan is counterfeiting that and he sends his two guys the, the beast the antichrist and the false prophet again Satan is just the great counterfeiter man the great copycat that's all you can do is just copy something that God does you can't perfect it you can't better it you can't come up with something on his own he just counterfeits it that, that that's been his nature and since the beginning and it's always going to be right and so we're going to now uh, talking about his his political power we're told that he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence meaning that that he shares this this equal authority you know as as the antichrist as the first beast and again just this unholy trinity the dragon satan with the the false prophet and and, and the beast the antichrist operating you know together as one now we see that the false prophet will, will unite all peoples of the world you know against god and he's going to establish a one world religion and, and people will be so devoted to it that that, that they kill anybody who opposes it right and so naturally who are going to be the ones that oppose it those who have faith in jesus christ Right, and, and you may think, oh, yeah, right. No one could be that crazy. Nobody, no one could be that zealous for their religion that they kill everyone else. But we see that that Jesus got killed by, by who? By religious leaders, because they were so zealous for, for their faith that they thought, hey, man, here's Jesus. He's he's uh, he's blaspheming God. He's claiming to be the Messiah. He's claiming to be the Son of God. What do they do? They're saying we got to get rid of him. We got to kill him. And they crucified the Son of God. And so and so, how much more are, are these people operating under a satanic agenda? You know, influenced by Satan himself. Uh, are following this false religion are going to be so zealous that they're going to be killing all the Christians, you know, all, all the people who come to faith in Jesus Christ in those last days. And so, it's, I mean, Jesus said it himself, you know, as he was talking to the religious leaders, he said it there in John 5, 35, 43. As he's talking to him, he says, hey, he says, I come in my father's name and, and, you, and you guys didn't receive me. He says, but if another one comes in his own name, he says, him you will receive. Talking about the Antichrist, saying, look man, I came, and I'm saying I'm sent from God, I'm sent from the Father, and you rejected me. But the Antichrist is going to come, he's going he's gonna to say that he's going to come from, from Satan himself, and you guys are going to embrace him. And that's what's going to happen. And so it goes on to say then in verse 15, uh, finishing off now, it says, uh, verse 15, sorry, I can't find it. It says, and he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And he, and he says, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding 
calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666, or 666. And so, we're given now this command to worship, to worship the beast. And we see that, that, that this is uh, the, the, was known as the abomination of desolation that Daniel spoke of a couple thousand years ago and, and, and that Jesus referred to, right? Jesus, when he, when he was talking to his disciples, he says, when you, when you see the abomination of desolation, which Daniel spoke of, he says, all right, that's it, man. Flee to the mountains. Get away because you know, you're, 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 you're in the wrong place. And so we see that the false prophet will set up this image of the Antichrist, and he's gonna somehow bring it to life. Um, we don't know what that looks like, whether it's gonna be like an animated image or whether it's gonna be like a hologram or we don't, we don't know what that's gonna look like, but, but it says that, that, the, that, that he's gonna breathe life into it. But I mean, if you look at the way technology is going today, uh, I mean, I was listening to a Bible study by Pastor Chuck, I think it was like from the 80s or something, and he was talking about this and uh, man, the, like he suggested, oh, maybe it's gonna be like a computer uh, animated thing, and and I would think, man, if he only, if you would see the technology that we have today, you know, where I think a couple years ago there was a, a at Coachella they they had they had Tupac, you guys know, they had they had Tupac performing, it was a hologram, and it's like people were crying, and and I saw interviews afterwards of people who saw it, and they're like, man, that was wrong, you know, like because we know he was dead, but it, it just seemed he was like alive, and it was messing with our emotions, like it just seemed wrong. Right, but it's like we see the, again the, the advancement of technology today, where, where, where somehow again this uh, this this this, this the, anti, the, the the false prophet is going to set up this image, and I, I mean I personally think it's going to be some kind of hologram, you know, where it's going he's going to be able to speak to everyone all at once. It's going to be able to be projected throughout the whole world at the same time, and whatever he says, everyone's going to hear it at the same time. That's what I think, but really we don't know. Um, I mean, man, look, we have this technology in the palm of our hands where. I could right now call my buddy in Colombia and we talk and there'd be no time barrier, right? Like I could put him up here for you guys and you guys would be talking to him. I could speak to someone who's in China or Africa or anywhere around the world right now and, and just with a click of a button, we'd all be connecting. And so, really, I mean, I can just imagine, you know, with the, the technology that's gonna take place here. So whether it's, uh, again, some kind of animated image or a hologram or a statue, we're not sure, but, what we do know is that is that is that the false prophet is going to force people to take this this, this mark of the beast, you know. And, and without this mark of the beast, we're told that that, uh, that they're not going to be able to buy or sell or or do anything, right? And it says that this mark is going to be taken on the right hand or, or on the forehead. Now, the word mark right here, it's a Greek word, uh, uh, kragna. I'm not sure that's how you say it, kragna. Which, which is used for like a stamp or, or, or engraving or like this etched or, or, or brand. It could be like a tattoo or maybe a, a, like a scar. We don't know. We don't know. A lot of people think it's like a microchip or something. To be honest, I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't know if you guys have, uh, I keep up with like technology and stuff, but like Elon Musk, uh, a few months ago, he was saying that, that he came up with his phone and, and he had like a, you know, 10, 10 people volunteer to, 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 to be guinea pigs. But he came up with this phone where they, you implement a chip into your brain that's connected to your phone and you could connect your phone through your thoughts without even touching your phone. It's like, it seems out there, it seems like something from a movie, but here he is saying, oh yeah, I got 10 people lined up, we have the microchip, we already tested it on, on, on animals and uh, now I want to test it on humans. And it's like, man, this guy is crazy, right? But again, this is just giving you an insight to like the technology that's out there. And, and again, maybe, 20, 30 years ago or 50 years ago, somebody would have read this and, and said this 
And they would be like, yeah, no way, dude, no way, we don't have the technology. But now it's like, man, we do, right? And, and that's just the technology that we know of. We don't know what else they're, they're hiding from us. So anyway, we see that, again, that, that, that he's gonna cause everyone to take this mark, and without the mark, you can't buy or sell, except, unless you have this mark of the beast. And we're told that the number of, of, of his name is 666. Interesting that I mean, there's nothing satanic in the number itself. You know, but, but the number six actually represents the number of man in the Bible. When talking about biblical numerology, the number seven speaks about God's perfection. And so the number six is one, is the one number be, uh, below perfection, and that's mankind. You know, just one, like one step below perfection. Right? Because God created us perfect without sin, but when sin came into the world, man, boom. You know, it's like we're like one number short of perfection. And so the number six in the Bible and biblical numerology speaks about the number of man. And so when we're told that this Antichrist, his number is six, 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 it's like all of uh, mankind, it's like the power of, of, of man, the fallen man, you know, is, is behind him. And so we're told that, that again, that no one can buy or sell or, or do any of that stuff without the mark. Now just think about that. And, and, and really, you know, it's like we can kind of have an idea of, 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 of what that looks like now, you know, because of what's been going on a couple a couple of years from uh, uh, this last this past couple of years. I mean, just right now, right there's like a shortage of, uh, of baby food and stuff at, at the markets. Imagine if, like, right, there's a shortage, and then here's the moms with their babies, and they're at the super at the supermarket. Like, I gotta buy some formula. Well, do you have the mark? I don't have the mark. Sorry, no formula for you. So it's gonna force people to get this mark. It's gonna force people, you know, out of desperation to get this mark because all of a sudden you can't work, you can't receive your 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 your, uh, your direct deposit from work, you can't you know sell anything. It's gonna force people to get this mark, but people are gonna do it knowingly that it's the number of the beast, right? There's all kinds of stuff going on. Like, oh man, if, so they're saying, oh, is this the mark of the beast? Is that the mark of the beast? Can I get it by accident? And then be like, oh Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't know I got it. It, 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 the Bible makes it very clear that when that time comes during the tribulation period, people are going to do it knowingly. They're going to know, all right, man, this is what you're signing up for. This is representing, you know, the one world government, uh, representing the Antichrist, Satan himself. Uh, so you're in or you're out. So people are going to do it knowingly. It's not, gonna, it's not that oh, all of a sudden they got the mark. Oh, man, I didn't, I didn't know. Man, like, it's too late, man. Now I got a 6 tick on me. No, they're going to do it knowingly. And so, uh, again, just, just think about the... <laughs> The, 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 the devastation on earth, you know, because people are not going to be able to buy or sell. But we're told that many are going to reject it. Many knowing that, that you know, they're, they're going to choose God over the beast, over Satan, over this Antichrist, and they're going to reject it. It's going to cost them their lives, right? But one thing that, that brings me hope, you know, and, and encouragement, and we'll, and we'll end with this, is, is something that the, the, the writer of Hebrews said. They're in Hebrews 4 7. He says, again, he limits a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And an encouragement for, for us, you know, is that as we have our loved ones, as we have, you know, those who we care about, that we know that are not walking with the Lord, even us, man, we may think, oh, man, my walk is kind of shaky. Like, man, what an encouragement to, to get right with the Lord, right? What an encouragement to be an awesome example for our families around us. Why? Because we don't want them to go through this. We, we, we want to spend eternity with our family members, right? We want our loved ones to be saved as well and to not have to experience, you know, the wrath of God. And, and to think that it's so simple as just, hey, man, just place your faith in Jesus, right? He died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to suffer, so that you wouldn't have to go through these things. Just place your, your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And reading about this, 
It doesn't make me scared. It doesn't make me terrified. And it shouldn't make you scared or terrified. Because remember that when we went through chapter 1, the whole title of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ, meaning the, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And as we study through the book of Revelation, right, the focus isn't the Antichrist or the beast or the false prophet or Satan himself even, or even this mark of the beast. No, the, 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 the focus is Christ himself, knowing that, yeah, these things are going to happen, but they need to happen in order for, for, for the kingdom of, of, of Christ to be set up here on earth. Right? And so as we're going through these things, be encouraged. Be encouraged that it doesn't end like this. Right? God has a plan. You know, God's gonna, gonna gonna ultimately you know reign. He's gonna rule. He's gonna in the next couple chapters, we're gonna see that, that eventually the the the, uh, the dragon Satan is gonna be thrown into the lake of fire forever for all eternity. Right? Then eventually God's gonna set up his kingdom here on earth. He says, Well, there's gonna be no more crying, no more sorrow, no more death, no more mourning. Why he says, For the former things have passed away and everything will be made new. And so this is something that should cause us to rejoice. To rejoice and more than that, more than that to to endure as well. These are hard, yeah, man. They are. These are rough, yeah. They're rough. If we all get, we get tripped up, yeah. We're gonna get tripped up. But you know what? Don't let that stop you. Continue persevering. Continue walking with the Lord. Don't get stuck right there. Right? If you fell, the Bible says, "Amen." A righteous man will fall seven times, you know, but he'll get back up. And, and my my encouragement to all of us is, man, don't stay there. You know, if you find yourself in that place, hey, get back up, right? Because the Lord's always right there, ready, with His hand reach, reaching out, ready to pick us up and to say, "All right, let's keep walking." Right. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you, Lord. We praise you. And I thank you so much for, for the study of your word.